Some of my best childhood memories revolve around holiday celebrations. The holidays were always a time of great excitement and anticipation, and they were about family, fun, lots of good food, and of course, Santa Claus. But as I got older, my views on many things have changed, including what I do around the holidays and how I spend my time, and of course, whether or not I lay awake at night waiting for Santa Claus. As the Christmas season gets ever closer, I really wanted to discuss my personal transition into what I call a sustainable Christmas and mindful giving. Hopefully this will encourage you to do the same. So if you want the full story, then listen to this simple yet thought-provoking episode on how to have a sustainable Christmas. Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid, sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy. He has an earth shelter greenhouse and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. This is your host, Patrick, and this is episode 54, which is called How to Have a Sustainable Christmas. If you're at all like me, some of your favorite childhood memories are about Christmas, Santa Claus, and of course, huge family gatherings and a tremendous amount of really good food. I distinctly remember sitting every year and watching the Santa Tracker on TV and I would of course try to stay awake all night waiting to see if I could catch Santa Claus in action but also to see if he would eat the chocolate chip cookies and milk that I left out for him and you know it never really occurred to me that we didn't even have a chimney for Santa to get into the house many years later After Annette and I met, I found myself pulling the same tricks on Annette's son Eric that my parents used on us. Christmas was always a huge, much-anticipated celebration with a lot of talk about Santa Claus. I even encouraged Eric to leave out chocolate chip cookies for Santa, and I would even eat part of one of them and leave the evidence for Eric to find. It was great fun for a number of years until one day he came home from school asking if Santa Claus was real. We of course had to say no and it took him several weeks to appreciate what great fun it had been for all that time believing in a fictitious holiday character. However, he did not fully appreciate this until we were actually living in St. Kitts. The school had notified us that there was to be a holiday celebration at one of the local restaurants, complete with Santa Claus. The younger kids at school were encouraged to write a letter to Santa Claus detailing what they wanted for Christmas, and that letter was then given to the parents of each child. Each parent would use the list of use this list to purchase gifts, 
and then would wrap them up complete with a label with their child's name and then the gifts were returned to the school and of course magically ended up in the hands of Saint Nick. Eric of course played along and we gave him strict instructions not to ruin things for the younger kids. So what happened at the restaurant was truly one of my best Christmas celebrations. Mr. and Mrs. Claus were offshore in a sailboat and radio contact cued them to start their journey to shore. They sped to shore on a jet ski and drove right up on the beach. Then they got into the sleigh that was pulled by a donkey. The sleigh of course had all the gifts for the children and Mr. and Mrs. Claus pulled up to the restaurant and dismounted the sleigh and the kids literally went wild with anticipation. This was the moment when Eric truly realized the value of believing in Santa Claus. I told him to just watch the children and experience their joy and laughter. It was only then that he could appreciate the true joy in believing. I told him that sooner or later they will grow up and figure it out. But for now, what is the harm in bringing joy and laughter to the heart of a young child? But as I grew older, my views on the holidays changed quite a bit. And each year that passed, I grew less and less willing to participate in what I call the holiday madness. Because every year, instead of Christmas being fun, it was really truly a stressful time. Everyone I knew, including myself, would run around absolutely frantic, trying to purchase gifts for everyone, and we would repeatedly waste an enormous amount of time and money year after year. So eventually I just stopped doing it because I didn't really find it that enjoyable. Actually what I did was an avoidance tactic is that I would volunteer to work on the holidays and this usually involved working in an emergency clinic. So what I started to notice when working with clients on holidays is just truly how unhappy they were. The fact that they ended up in the emergency clinic with their family pet on a holiday was just icing on the cake for the amount of stress that they were experiencing. And that was when I started questioning the value that we place on the holidays. It seemed to me that it was not really about family anymore. It was just about money, money, money. So the next thing I tried was another avoidance tactic. I had grown weary of dealing with so many unhappy people around the holidays that I just decided to avoid American culture altogether. So every year for about six or seven years, I made it a point to be out of the country for Christmas and New Year's. And this is when I became reacquainted with what it was like for the holidays to just simply be about family. On one particular stint out of the country, I spent four months living with a Colombian family in Ecuador and their version of Christmas was to invite a small portion of the family to their house for meals, entertainment, and gift giving on a small scale. But I should also point out 
that their version of a small portion of the family ended up being about 30 people. So there was gift exchange on a very small scale and however the main focus of the celebration was really just to spend time with family. Now playing bingo on Christmas may sound boring but that is not truly the case when it involves 30 Colombians. Few of them spoke English. I was really truly just learning my numbers in Spanish and I could just barely keep up if it wasn't for grandma sitting next to me who was helping me out considerably. Now the board pieces, because there were so many people were that we were using were elbow macaroni and when someone would achieve bingo, they would leap from their chair, parade around the room like a movie star while everyone else tossed macaroni at them with considerable velocity. For me, it felt as if, for the first time in years, I had a fantastic time on Christmas Day and just spent time with really good people and experienced absolutely zero stress. These folks were just enjoying family and invited me to be a part of that process and I loved it and it turned out to be a wonderful experience. Now that was actually about 10 years ago and that truly marked my transition of how I chose to spend the holidays and in particular Christmas. But I also think to myself that surely I cannot be the only person on the planet that feels this way. Surely, I am not the only one that is weary of the commercialism, the waste, and all the stress that goes along with the holidays. So for years now, Annette and I have chosen to approach Christmas with a minimalistic attitude and be completely mindful of what we do and how we do it. Yes, we do still exchange gifts, but these are typically very small, thoughtful things and they are typically things that we can use and will keep over a period of time. So we simply do nice things for each other and for our friends and family. And this is what I call mindful giving or just simply sustainable gifting. So first of all, what I want to do in this episode is really just look at uh, the traditional Christmas celebration from a sustainable perspective. But first, let's just take a look at Christmas by the numbers. And I'm going to tell you that some of these numbers are going to really truly be staggering. The average American spends $1,000 a year on Christmas. And this year, it is expected that Americans will spend nearly $1 trillion during the holidays. There is approximately 4.6 million pounds of wrapping paper produced each year and about 2.3 million pounds of that will end up going to the landfill. Globally, we spend $17 billion a year on wrapping paper. We produce an additional 5 million tons of waste at Christmas. We throw away 38,000 miles of ribbon and we trash 30 million trees. And we already waste 80 billion pounds of food every year while eating 80% more around the holidays. 
Now, I recently posed a question in one of my episodes concerning the impact of what we do every day, and the question was, is there anything I can do that does not have an impact on the environment in some way? Well, of course, the short answer to that is no, but what I also said is that so often sustainability is about making better choices. So it's simply a matter of taking a closer look at what we are buying and how our purchases actually make an impact. So then the question becomes, with respect to the Christmas season, what are things that we can do that are actually more sustainable? So let's just start with the one thing that is often center stage for the entire Christmas celebration, and that is the Christmas tree itself. Certainly, having a live tree is more sustainable than a fake one that is made of plastic. And if you're going to purchase a live tree, then purchase one with the root ball still intact so that once the holiday season is over, then the tree can simply be planted. You know, and at this point in time, it is rare for us to have a Christmas tree inside the house. But when we do, it's typically a small little tree that I cut from the middle of our aspen grove because I don't want the evergreens to take over the aspen grove. So it is a tree that I was going to cut down anyway. But we also have several trees that are growing around the cabin that we decorate every year. The other thing to consider is turning one of your large house plants into a Christmas tree. And I used to have this big potted Norfolk pine in my house, you know, as a houseplant. And that's what I would use as a Christmas tree for many, many years. Now, one of the concepts behind mindful gifting is simply to give something that has value, meaning, and purpose. So in other words, give something that will last over time instead of something that will simply end up in the garbage in a few weeks. So what about giving someone a potted plant for Christmas? You know, this is something that will last almost forever if it's properly cared for, and it is something that will bring people joy over and over again. And while you're so busy shopping for Christmas, I know it's so tempting to rush to Walmart or some other big store or shop on Amazon and but why not keep your local businesses in mind because by shopping locally you are supporting an independent business and supporting the local economy as well and besides that local businesses often put more care into their products than what you would typically find in one of the big box stores. Another thing that you could do is to simply consider purchasing a single gift. Instead of purchasing multiple things, put more thought and effort into one single thing. Because according to the National Retail Federation, 55% of consumers plan on returning unwanted gifts after the holidays, and additionally, approximately 77% say they plan on returning a portion of all of their gifts. But on the other hand, 
you know, there is no better way to be environmentally friendly than to give someone a handmade gift. So just be creative. You know, if you like to cook, then bake something for a friend. If you sew, then make them an item of clothing. If you make your own soap and shampoos as we do, then give them away as gifts. You know, my younger sister is really very, very creative and she loves making stained glass. So one year for Christmas, she made me several glass Christmas ornaments. And these simple little ornaments are actually now a permanent part of the decor in the cabin because I pinned them to the wall in a particular place and that is where they stay. So another part about having a sustainable Christmas is of course being mindful of the amount of waste that you produce. Hundreds of thousands of miles of wrapping paper are wasted each year. So why not opt for something that is eco-friendly such as brown wrapping paper and some twine and this can always be dressed up with a small piece of pine branch from the Christmas tree. And better yet, you could use cloth wrapping paper and reuse it every year. Another thing that you can do is consider giving gifts that produce no waste at all. Things such as tickets to a theater or gift certificates or memberships or subscriptions to something like National Geographic or simply taking someone on a trip or other outdoor activity. And you know, there are so many things that we do all the time that we never even consider the impact of what we're doing. And as we sit down every year and fill out all the Christmas cards and drop them in the mail, we never really think about how much of those just simply end up in the trash. So why not this year consider sending e-cards? Because it is so easy to be creative with this and there are several platforms on the internet that really truly make this an easy process. So instead of being someone that contributes to the 1 billion Christmas cards that end up in the trash every year, just simply send an e-card. The other thing to consider is just instead of purchasing gifts, make a donation. So just do some research online and find an organization that is eco-friendly, sustainable, and charitable, and then make a donation. And I actually got this idea from a staff person at a hospital where I used to work. And with the holidays approaching, she was complaining relentlessly about how much her fiancé's family spent on Christmas because apparently her fiancé came from a very wealthy family and they routinely spend thousands of dollars on gifts for each other. And when she was asked in regards to her participation, she asked that they not purchase her anything at all for Christmas, but instead take the money that they would spend on her and donate it to a humane society. And she even provided them with a link and the name of an organization so that they could make a donation. And I thought this was a fantastic idea and something that I had never even thought about doing. And besides just making a financial donation, you could also just donate your time. 
because I think this is a fantastic way to give something back at Christmas because there are so many people in the world that are in need and so many organizations that are in need of volunteers, especially at Christmas. For many years, I donated several weeks of my time to do volunteer work in third world countries. And now that is not something I would expect anyone else to do, but it is possible to take one day out of your time and volunteer to prepare and serve food to needy people. Because this is a fantastic way to spend some time, make new friends, produce no waste, and do something that is of value to your community. Now, in closing for this episode, I just want to give you a few more things to think about. Obviously, from my story above, I went through this huge transition in my life as far as how I choose to spend the holidays. And I think what is most important is, first of all, we all need to slow down a bit. We need to stop running in circles. We need to give ourselves permission to say no to commitments and activities that do not bring any value to our lives. The holiday season should be about spending time with friends and family and reconnecting. The holiday season should simply be a time of love, joy, gratitude, and of course, still keeping in mind the principles of sustainability. So what better way to end the old year and start a new one, but to focus a little more on sustainability. And one last thought before I go for this week. I want to end this episode with a quote from Marie Curie, who was the first person to win two Nobel Prizes, and who is also responsible for considerable advancement in radiation science. Marie Curie once said, Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. And I do think that these are words that are still valuable today. Because with so many changes in our world, now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. So take some time this week to understand more and think more about how to produce a more sustainable life. This is your host, Patrick, signing off until next week. Always remember to live sustainably because this is how we build a better future.